I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. Welcome to yet another episode of Tour Front. My name is Jay Chuck. Tell me, is this Nelson Mandela? Is it Muhammad Ali? Or is it Martin Luther King? I quote, Tonight, I'm fighting for my brothers in the NBA, athletes across the world, and most importantly, my children. Uh, it's not Nelson. Um, I don't know what Nelson said when he was fighting. Uh, it's not Ali. I think it's the guy O'Shea passing it all. Close though, in the ring. <laughs> Nate Robinson, the hell. The hell you're going to go out here and drag a whole people into your mess? Why? Why would you Why would you say that? Like, it was, it's an exhibition fight against a YouTuber. And you're going to drag, like, what? Like, a whole consciousness movement into it? And then you're going to go to sleep. Go to actual sleep. My goodness. What's what's fair about the comment, ne? That guy got knocked down three times. Didn't stop fighting. And that's what the struggle is about. That you just keep on going. Even if they knock you out sometimes. Ah man. That boy was our cold, Chuck. He was dreaming. He was in La La Land. Yeah. Damn. So story numero uno. Um Rest in peace, Maradona, but here's here's where we start. So a lady called Paolo Paula. Dapina or Paula Dapina, I don't know how you pronounce it. I assume it's the latter because she's from Spain. Um, from a third division side, which is uh, Vias Interias FF, if I pronounce that right, um, from the third division of the Women's um, National League. Uh, they were playing a friendly against Deportivo La Coruna, and as was customary, customary, I think on that weekend or games along that whole weekend, as we observed, observed in different leagues, people took a moment of silence to honor Diego Maradona. And as we all know in soccer, they stand in a, around the center circle and they observe that moment of silence. But that lady sat down, turned around, and she was like, Mm-mm, I ain't doing that. Simply because she feels that Maradona's not worthy to be on because she feels it's hypocritical knowing the kind of person he was. He calls her a, <laughs> a pedophile, an abuser. Uh, she calls him. She calls him, yes, thank you. So the question is then to you, Jay, is it the right thing to do? Because obviously she's making she's making a case that she wants to be seen because she's protesting against a cause that's doesn't need to be emphasized or or, or the scene doesn't need to be pointed out. But the thing is, it gets ignored. And that's woman woman abuse. Did she do it in the right way? Did she pick the right moment? Well, to begin with, um, on 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 the points that. Her calling him an an abuser, or rather, sorry, uh, a pedophile and a rapist. I've never read anything in that light, or I never come across any report um, that suggested or labeled that those accusations against Diego Maradona. I'm not saying that they're not there. I'm saying I've never come across them, so I am not in a position to comment on that. She also calls him an abuser, though. And I think this was what this was her main gripe in terms of um, her protesting the way that she did against the man that she did on, as she says, uh, because his his death 
coincidentally fell on International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. And her her stance is that him dying, particularly on that day, a man who was seen on a video to perhaps be, 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 be acting violently against his wife, which he, Maradona that is, came out and then um, went against that report. And he said, yeah, sure, he grabbed the phone and he threw the phone down, but he, he never hit her and he's never hit a woman before. And that story seemed to then just go away. Um, but the disappearance of the story does not necessarily mean the the absence of an incident having taken place because we have seen we have seen cases disappear often enough times so in the in the case of paula um i think when you ask the question was it the right time was it the right way uh i think if you have the courage of your convictions if you are going to protest anything if you believe in something strongly enough it is always the right time to protest. Um, there is never an ideal time because uh, that's that's when people start getting controlled and people start being put into corners and being told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And in, in, in that kind of a situation, you do not have your own voice. I applaud her for having her own voice. Um, she says that she was surprised not more women took the stance that she did. Mm. Um, I think, I don't know if they were informed as she was. I don't know if this was at the forefront of their minds as it was with her. And if that was not the case, that would that's understandable. But even if it was the case and the, the decision was taken by other people not to protest, that's, that's, that's what uh, freedom brings. Because with her freedoms, what she chose to, how she chose to, chose to exercise those freedoms was to sit on the center circle, turn her back, and not actually honor someone who she truly believes uh, is is an abuser, is someone who has been violent against a woman or women before. And if that is consistent um, with the truth, then she is well within her rights to actually take the stance that she did. I mean, it's something that follows some of our sporting heroes, um, these little stories that pop up. And because there's no stone-cold hard evidence, Uti, you were caught on tape or you were caught on tape either doing this or your voice was recorded admitting to it. It sort of makes it a bit tricky because, I mean, uh, another legend uh, who is still playing, Cristiano Ronaldo, has this case that's always in the background, always playing out in the background of his life with the, with the girl from the U.S. stating what he, what she was raped. I don't know how that case p- penned out. I don't know if it's still ongoing. Then there's this Maradona thing with the abuse. Uh, we don't know what Gonzagaland, but... Do we do we sometimes overlook the 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 these incidents and we just celebrate the men and the achievements? Because this woman does say, "Uti, I agree that on the pitch Maradona was amazing, but off the pitch he left a lot to be desired." This is now quoting this lady, and yeah, we know that Maradona had his problems with uh, drugs and all these other things. Um, do do you think that footballers sometimes we, we overlook the person outside the pitch? You know what? Um, <laughs> It's a difficult thing to answer. I recall having a conversation with uh, a friend a couple of years ago. Uh, as you would know, I'm, I'm a big Floyd Mayweather fan. Mm. Um, and when Mayweather, particularly when he became um, Money Mayweather and he was raking in the pay-per-view numbers and the gate takings, when he was making crazy amounts of money from boxing, like the biggest earner in all of sport, and his 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 star was as as bright as it as any boxer's ever has been for that matter. 
she and and and, and other other people um, from the same corner were saying that it, it should not be so. You know, mm. because Mayweather also has cases against him um, for yeah. for 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 beating women up. You know. And the question, and and the thing that always comes up then is, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the man. I'm a fan of of, of the art of what he does, you know. Mm. And I think it's a tricky thing because ultimately, the person who is performing is that person, mm. you know, and is the very same person who then went and did what they did. But the counter argument to that is that I only follow this person when they are doing what they're doing in in the ring, on the pitch, on on the field. On a court, and I think though, if you say that, uh, you might be a bit disingenuous when you say that, because we saw with the passing of Maradona, the tears that people are crying and and the emotions that people are portraying, is not because they're never going to see him play football again. Again, they've ne- they've not seen him. We've not seen him play football professionally since 1997. So it's not. It's not you're not crying over the loss of a, a a player or the loss of the entertainment value that this person brought. You are mourning the departure of the person, you mm-hmm. know. And the thing though about the thing about humans is humans are complicated. Um, whether they are famous or they're not famous, whether they are on a public platform or they are not, we all have we all have things about us that are not very pleasant. Um, we we've attended many funerals over our lives where you might know the person um, intimately, and you might know things about them which are which they would not be proud about, which you are not proud about, which are not worth celebrating, which are probably worth um, actually turning your back on the person, mm. you know. Um, but then they are they're so honored because that's that's the thing about a life; it's not confined to just any one event in your life, whether good. Or bad for that matter, yeah. and I think then that comes down to individuals in terms of you should not you, sh- you should not shrug the fact that someone did the things that they did because that is part of their legacy. But I think in in in, in factoring all of it in, it comes down then to the individual that what ultimately all those things considered, what did this individual make you feel? I think that's a very thorough dissection of of how to view this um, point. It's just good to, sometimes it is, it is tricky, as you say, because sometimes you don't want, you don't want someone telling you, telling you that, that that particular person isn't who they appear on screen. I mean, you want your, your Ronaldo to be the best player in the world, and if anything tries to tarnish that image or that name or the reputation, it, 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 it somehow, as you're saying, we, we, we like the whole player because there are people who, who would overlook willingly and knowingly not out of ignorance willingly and knowingly overlook certain uh, indiscretions or, or or violations or crimes or whatever that people commit for instance take it to music and rappers people would forget whatever lyrics are being are being sung and say i like that guy yeah they'll tell you about drugs and and, and, and all that stuff murder and it's whatever i like that guy i like his music but this beat is hot but he sold so many copies you don't know where i was in my life when i was listening to this music and as you say it's, it's all about where do you stand and how do you look at it? Um, and in a sporting context, I think these things need to be said and they need to come out because, I mean, what's the truth if it's partial, you know? So if this is the whole picture of Diego Armando Maradona, we need to take it as part of Diego Armando Maradona because I don't know about the story up until I read about it now. And so we need to say footballing legend, Argentine icon, 
potentially an abuser, but it's still Maradona. Because I don't, I don't think Paula hijacked um, the death of Maradona per se. Um, I don't think she was being opportunistic. Um, I, I, I thought she was being because I'm thinking when else is she gonna play against Deportivo when the cameras on her because she plays for a third division side. So. I mean that she did take the opportunity um, because it, it was it was a lightning rod uh, yeah. and and the conditions lent themselves for her voice to be amplified. When I say I don't think she was being opportunistic, um, for example, I don't think I, I don't think she was pairing two things that don't go together. Mm. You know, as for example, now with um, let's say Black Lives Matter uh, yeah. when people are taking a knee, and if she decides to stand and she says the reason that she's standing is because of uh, this is taking away from the cause that she's championing you know because she says very specifically that it is directed towards Diego Maradona one because of what 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 transpired in his life Mm. the the incident with his wife you know and then back backing up onto that the fact that when when he's when his death happened so it's 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 like the Colin Kaepernick um, situation because when when Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem, uh, it was because the anthem and some parts of the anthem that are not sung in this day and age still harken back to 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 slavery, mm. you know. And the the national anthem of the USA speaks about the land of the free and the brave, um, and he's talking about my people are not free. Mm. So it's not just oh hey, it was in the middle of like the Super Bowl halftime show and. Beyonce is performing and he pulls a Kanye West and takes the mic and starts talking about what he's talking about. Mm. So in that in that light, that's what I mean that she's okay. not being opportunistic. Um, but and as I'm saying, it's always the right time to protest, particularly as if you have the courage of your convictions. If you believe in the thing that you are that you are that you are pushing, then power to her. You know, yeah. in the same light, I I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cast aspersions on the other ladies who did not. Mm. I haven't heard their reasons. Um, whatever their reasons, whether they decide to share them with us or they don't, that also is well within their rights to exercise their freedoms in the manner in which they choose. But unfortunately, not everyone is as open-minded as you because um, said ladies receiving death threats via social media, um, her and a few of her colleagues, um, just over this whole Maradona incident, and it might be people not really wanting to hear the truth, if it is, if it is indeed the truth, or it's just people not wanting anything more marathon. Because I mean, people are taking selfies with with the corpse, people are parading, people are celebrating. It's just like a Maradona week, and I think for them it was the wrong time to say anything bad about Maradona. And you see, that right there well. is the problem. Like she's receiving death threats. Yeah. And I, I want to venture to say that maybe not from all corners, but majority of the pre- people that she's receiving death threats from, men. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's 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 that on, on, on that matter. Diverting to, I want to say, um, happier news, but I suppose depending on which side of the camp you are. So Manchester United, mm. they, they pulled a comeback. Down two 0 to Southampton, um, award pros corner, award pros uh, free kick, and then they come back to win the game late, three uh, two. So they're up to sixth now, if I'm not mistaken, right? Let me and check for you. my question to you, Mister United, are things as bad as they made out to be at Manchester United? Are we all just overreacting? 
have we been overacting or is it still Oli out? Is it a bad time around Manchester United or does everyone just need to chill? After yesterday's games, we are in position number nine. Um, Oh, nine, six, no, nine. (laughs) Man, I still think it's Oli out, man, because as I, I, I saw the result at Everton, I only saw the, the, the Southampton game second half because by then it was 2-0 and I was like, I Tamale needs to go. I saw us win at Everton and it was, ah, it's whatever. It's Because it's, we were winning to go mid-table. We beat Southampton to go mid-table. I know at this point things are quite tight and if we win like two games, we're in with the shot to jump all the way into top four. But I mean, this is the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that we've won back-to-back games. We're still up and down, up and down. I mean, tomorrow, the Champions League game that's about to go on, and Lord knows what we're going to see then. We beat PSG in the first in the first game. I don't think we're going to do a double over PSG. It's, it's unlikely, you know? Um, if we have Leipzig as well, I don't think we're going to beat them as well. So, for me, yeah, the comeback was good. But I've seen good things from United. That's my frustration. I've seen good things from United. And I've seen terrible things from United as well. So, it's it's... It's another win. That's that's all I can say. It's another win. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to shout about. It's just another win. So my 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 verdict is is, is still reserved for later fixtures when we're in a decent position or worse off. Then I can say with good or bad. But what mind you, it's just another win. So before before the Southampton game, Oli came out and he was speaking about the fact again that um, United did not have a preseason. And then they needed to they needed to catch up to the other teams, and that's why they had started the way that they started. And then he said that now we are showing what we're capable of, which was a very interesting comment. So when I see Southampton up 2-0, I was thinking to myself, man, do you now have your foot in your mouth? Because why would you go and say that now we're showing what we're made of, and then you're going to go pull that off? And I was also thinking... On what basis are you saying this? This is on the back of the Champions League result, which was a a good result at home Mm. after the embarrassment away from home against the Turkish side. And then in this particular game, right, against Southampton, so you know my stance. Mm. I don't think Oli should be the coach of Manchester United. I just don't think he's good enough to to manage uh, that, that, that squad. And I think that Manchester United has a bunch of talented players who should be performing much better than they are. And the reason that they are not primarily is because of the coach. And therefore, I'm on Oli out. But having said that, and having seen that this was the reaction, mainly from Manchester United fans, as soon as United went 2-0 down. And we had this conversation because when we were texting back and forth about this. And I told you that on this particular day, I'm not quite on, on that bandwagon. And the reason for that... The scoreline was to. I'm someone who, you know, when coaches talk about um, the results don't matter, but the performance does. I'm like, Mm. the how are you talking about? No, the game is about results. But in situations like that, right? So Southampton were two 0 up, but Southampton were two 0 up because of 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 two set pieces. Mm. It was a corner. It was a free kick. And at this point in time, Ward Prowse is probably the best um, practitioner of the dead ball in the EPL. You know, those things happen. They've happened to the last five occasions where a player has delivered an assist via a corner and uh, also then a goal by by free kick. Three of those occasions have been by this particular Southampton player. 
And United were not being run off that field. They were not being dominated by Southampton. Southampton were not necessarily good for their 2-0 um, lead, although you could not fault them for it as well. They were competing. They're pressing United high. They're winning back the ball sometimes in, in United's half. But United also missed some 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 clear-cut chances. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, case case in point, the... The Bruno and 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 Rashford combining to somehow not score that goal, and then in the second half, it is Oli who brings on Cavani, right? Mm-hmm. And then Cavani it goes and he just goes and rescues the game. And I look at that and I think on an, on any other day, United probably would have been two 0 up themselves at half time, you know, mm-hmm. or they could have won that game four one five 0 any one of those score lines. And the other thing for me was that the team that they beat is a team that has spent time at the summit of the EPL. So on this particular weekend, I think that he 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 he, he does deserve a break. You know what? Maybe he does deserve a break. Fine. But here's my thing. I think I stand on the opposite stance when you say results don't sorry, results matter more than the performance. For me, sometimes the, the the results are misleading as to what you can actually do. I mean, for instance, when Pep Guardiola was not winning the league when he first came to the English, English Prem, we were like, yeah, you've met the big time. This is not uh, that, that, that one, 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 one team league that you were coaching. But City were looking good for a long time and they were due a league win, which they got. Klopp's team were ran City close and they got their league title. United, if you watch two United games back to back, you'd say you're watching two different teams. And if you look at the results, Oli got to fourth. Fine, hurrah, we were in the Champions League. But then subsequently after that, Jay, they, they, we're, we're hella inconsistent. Like, um, who's the tinker man, Gonch, uh, Leicester coach? He won the league, for goodness sake. But what else has he done in his, in his career? I mean, if you look at that one particular result, Ranieri. He might, yeah, Ranieri, he might be a good manager. But the performance, he, most of his team, yeah, so his team disbanded, Conte, Mares, and all these people left. But my point is this, Jay. On the day, yes, there was a comeback. But United always start off lethargic. United, when you see United in the 60, 60th minute when they're chasing a result, you ask yourself, why don't they play, play like this all the time? It can't be down to the players to figure this out. Coach, the coach must instill that, that intensity. I don't think every every Liverpool player that was signed by Klopp had that intense, intensity in their game. They had to learn it under that guy's tutelage. I don't think when he says which we're now showing our true colours, Maguire and Lindelof still look off the pace. Wan Bissaka is still solid. Alex Telles is a new signing, so we give him a break for that. But um, we still don't know what our best midfield is. We're still chopping and changing. So when we're showing our true colours, what is it that we're showing? So there are lots of things that are unresolved. We had a good performance, and that's true, but there are lots of things that are unresolved. So he still doesn't know his best best eleven, and I mean, if 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 you put on Cavani to change the game, you might ask yourself, why didn't you start with Cavani? That's not here nor there. But my point is this: we won yesterday's game, and sorry, we won the weekend's game, and that's that for me. I can't take anything else out of that. I can't excuse him. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not suddenly advocating for Oli to keep his job. That is not what is happening here. So, but. If I'm answering the question, as we make them out, yeah. I'm going to say no. I'll continue after your comment. My comment is this. If you take Bruno Fernandes out of that team, what does United look like? 
but they have Bruno Fernandes in that team. Like this is this is not this is not fantasy Premier League. This is actual real life. Manchester United happened to have Bruno Fernandes. And on that note, I was I was watching that game. I'm not. I don't like Bruno Fernandes as a player. Like he's not. He's not. Long after his career is done, he's not one player that I'm probably going to be telling my kids about. That oh my goodness, you should have seen how majestic, how beautiful, wonderful a player that he is. But. Bruno Fernandes, as a professional football player, he's built to win. He is he is worth however much Manchester United paid for him, as well as whatever they paid for for Maguire. Because, man, everything goes through Fernandes, and as Fernandes goes, United goes as well. Do you know the amount of times, like in that particular game against Southampton, the amount of times I saw United players, particularly in in in, in forward positions, have have the ball and whenever they look up fernandez is there to receive the ball he is active he is running around he's running between the lines he is showing for the ball he is he's orchestrating everything pulling the strings i mean the assist that he got was because he was shooting at goal and i and i was so frustrated with that for fpl reasons because i'm like this guy just <laughs> he just keeps racking up the goals and assists but the thing is um, very much like as I've expressed before, very much like how Ronaldo Cristiano that is mm. um, sacrificed flair for 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 being more direct and for the results. I hate that fact. Um, I get it though. I get it in terms of if you're trying to win, if you eliminate the other stuff and you have this singular focus on what you're actually trying to achieve. You go out there and you do it, and that's what Fernandez does when he t- steps onto the pitch. Like there are so many times that you're probably going to think like his performance was not that good, but when you actually look at his impact on the team, because as I said, as he goes, United goes, and and he's there. You know, um, we can think all we think up situations what would happen if he wasn't. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, though, he is there. Someone else who's there now is Cavani, and I think. I think I think I think United should just play him. Mason Greenwood is a child. He's going to get his time under the sun. For now though, I think he should sit on the sidelines and I think just have Cavani flanked by Martial and Rashford. I tweeted this on the weekend and 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 just have him coming through the middle because he's 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 a center forward. While Martial scored the goals that he did and and so did um Rashford last last year. They are not actual like center forwards. They're not classic number 9s. He's a classic number 9. He knows how to find the spaces in the box. He knows he knows how to sniff out a goal and he's over he's on the wrong side of 30 but man We've seen in this day and age, so many players at his age still be productive. As I, as I keep pointing out, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, is, is the leading goal scorer in the Serie A and he's like 40 next year. So he was signed to hopefully give United um, the kind of performance and, and, and the kind of presence coming through the middle up front that none of the other players can give. And I think he can give that. Because, and he showed that. Um, on the weekend, give him a string of of games um, in the team, and and I think you'll just only see United climbing. On and on that note, I mean, United have a game in hand. If they win that game in hand, they go to fourth. That's if they interesting. Win. I don't, that's, I don't know if they the go to win, if. but if they if they do it, they go. And they're in a better position than say an Arsenal. I don't think things are as bad as we make them out to be. Jay, you've got. If we go squad for squad, for me, United being however many points are above Arsenal is justified. It makes sense, right? But my Bruno Fernandes point is this, Jay. When Bruno Fernandes was playing at Sporting, he was the main man. 
Like even see Kuma, the numbers in the Europa. By the time the, uh, the 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 season resumed, he was the leading goal scorer in the Europa from his goals at Sporting and at United. And I think Lukaku pipped him, pipped him just at the end. We're now becoming like Sporting, where everything revolves around Bruno. We didn't sign Bruno to be to, to famous by Bosla. We signed him to be another piece in a, in, a, in a very good and attractive puzzle, right? Till, if I'm not mistaken, Marshall hasn't found the net. Namanj. Yeah. Right. Fine. There was a red card and that that that. Um, start them off like a couple of games. Rashford has like a couple of goals. Van der Beek is barely played. Pogba is struggling. Matic needs to go, but he plays. McTominay is not quite there. Fred is still doing Fred things. It's not quite hitting the level that he's supposed to be at. And all of these things you want is to yourself, Oguti. Oli, it's now season number two. You still have the same problems. Like, for instance, I look at Frank. Frank's made a boatload of signings, but but Chelsea look like Guti, they're 5-2, getting it right. Right? They've got better players, Chuck. But how far, how much, how, how much better players do they have, Jay? Because if you look at, if you look at the stats, the numbers, right? Fine, we can say what the team of runners not quite firing on all cylinders, but if you could put a team of Martial, Rashford, Cavani, as you'd say, Bruno in the 10th position, then have either Van der Beek, Fred, or Pogba, and Matic, or McTominay, whoever you want to play, offensively, we're good. In the back, I think we can say we're on par. Would you agree? Backline with Chelsea. Yeah, I maybe Chelsea. I take Chelsea's backline, uh, man for man. Actually, man I take Chelsea. I take Chelsea's backline. Not, not by much. Um, not by much, right? I, th- I think one Pesaka and Reese right now cancel each other out. Maybe yeah. going forward because of what how people value attacking fullbacks, Reese might win that one. I think Chilwell is ahead of whoever's playing at left-back for United, whether it's Tellers or If Tellers gets, his, gets Shaw. his things right, he'd probably be a better player than what we've seen from Shaw. Okay, you, you, you think Chelsea, Chelsea shaded. But I'm saying on the balance of that, with, with those five players that I had listed, don't you think we're pound for pound close to what Chelsea have in terms of talent? Yes. Here's, and this is what I've said. This is why I think Oli should be fired. Because, because of that, right? Yeah, because that team has enough talent to be doing better than they're doing. Right. So here's my point, Jay. Okay. We are as, 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 as however many points we are ahead of Arsenal, justifiably. Nah? But us trailing Chelsea the way we do doesn't make sense because when Chelsea play a weaker team, Jay, they don't struggle. Chelsea dominate that weaker team. You see, okay, these, this is a smaller team and sooner or later, the goals are going to go in. Either Tammy's going to score or Werner's going to score or Ziyech is going to, someone's going to score. It's going to happen. With us, we're looking at Bruno Fernandes. If Bruno's having a good game, we're going we're gonna to score. If not, gap it. That's my frustration. So things are as bad as they seem. Things are as bad as what people are saying. Just go to the results for me are masking everything. The results are masking everything. I mean, the performance against, against Leipzig, we're okay up until the floodgates open in the second half. We're playing pretty decent football, but nothing amazing. Against uh, 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 PSG, that was probably one of the best games of the season. Pell. Everything else has been just good enough to go over the line. When you look at Arsenal... <laughs> You know, whoa, can't, whoa, can't, whoa! Can't. The hell is that reaction? When you look at Arsenal and then you come in with a snigger, what the hell? We're not talking about Arsenal yet. This is episode number four, and I'm still saying free Uzo. Okay, Jay, my man. We're not talking about Arsenal yet. Are we still, we're still trying to talk about the only thing? Is it as bad? Okay, you can go into Arsenal. Okay. I, I suppose. Men for men, Arsenal don't have the personnel. That, that has been discussed and agreed upon. Fine. Two, Arsenal have solidified that spine, but Arsenal have, have altered their, their, their identity so much so that they can't even get goals. Like, 
Apama yang namanji sameli kool. Namanji si sameli kool. And then as, as Arsenal players, Arsenal fans, sorry, would, would identify there's, there's a matter of Willian and Pepe. That's another thing to, to figure out. And then you've got Willock and Nelson. And you ask yourself, where is, not even the goals, how is this team going to win the game? So for me, it, Arsenal is justifiably where they are, but right. But my concern <laughs> is the Philip Ghanaian, <laughs> Thomas Party. He left Atletico Madrid to join this Arsenal team. That's, that's, that's struggling is not even the word. They're running around like angas, angas. He left the team that is one point off the top with two games in hand. Jao Felix is on fire. Um, Caresco is on fire. Correa is on fire. That team is solid now. They haven't even lost a game the whole season. I think the guy jumped the ship too early, Jay. And he went to the wrong team, Foot in London. Could have gone to Spurs or Chelsea. Arsenal in 14th place. 14th place. 10 goals in 10 games. Can I, can I, quote, can I, quote, can I quote Roy Keane? <laughs> Roy Keane says, it's not so bad. He still thinks Arsenal can stay in the division. <laughs> Roy Keane. Yeah. Well, man, I don't... You know what? It's actually, it's actually hard for me to assess Arsenal right now because... We spoke about this like in the last um, few episodes in terms of uh, how much, how much flack that Arteta should get and like how much of the blame should he get? Um, should should we start comparing his situation to that of Oli? And I was critical of him, but at the same time, uh, weary of being overly critical uh, because Arteta still is the person who came in half a season later, already had a trophy in the cabinet, and it looked as if. You know, it seemed as if there's a philosophy, he's got a plan, you know what he's trying to do. And some of the things that are not quite coming together is because he does not quite yet have the personnel, right? Mm-hmm. This season, in comes uh, Thomas Partey. He hasn't played all that many games and now he probably is out injured for about six weeks, I hear. <sighs> Which is depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Gabriel who's come in and he is... <sighs> Honestly, <it's, laughs> yeah, this is hard. He's the best player at Arsenal this season. And I say that, and I know, I know the reaction from many Arsenal fans is that this is this is the guy we've been waiting for in defense. He's he's the rock that we have been missing. He's he's solidified um, our defensive frailties, and I'm, on potential, I'm willing to concede that very same fact. But at the moment, uh, I I still have my issues with Gabriel. I I think he's overly aggressive in the tackle sometimes, and I think then he's he's also prone to get lost as much as then the entire Arsenal defense in that game against Wolves. <laughs> three passes Wolves were in the Arsenal box. It looked like Arsenal pre Arteta, even like during the days, <laughs> the dark days of Emery, during the dark days of Wenger. The saving grace with Wenger is that when they also look like that, that at the back, you could trust them to respond up top. Um, even if they're losing, they're losing 4-3 or 3-2. You know, you're thinking, well, one defensive stop in one particular game, you might just get a draw, you might just get a win, actually. It does not look like that with this Arsenal team. There aren't any goals. And 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 sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but like Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans are delusional. And I know why they're delusional. <laughs> If you've suffered for as long as we have, like, you just want to hold on to any kind of hope that you get. But, like, man, it frustrates me. It frustrates me to see Arsenal fans having these quick solutions to what are deep problems. Because Arsenal fans are calling for an attacking midfielder. You know, they're calling for whether it's Hussein Awa or it's 
I don't know how to say his name. Is uh, something um, the boy from Salzburg? <laughs> I'll learn his name. Yeah. And the idea that you're just gonna plug in one player, one attacking force, however good he is, and 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 it's just gonna turn around. You're dreaming. That that's 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 just not gonna happen. You know, will it be better? Yeah, it will be better because Arsenal don't have any real ball playing midfielders who can carry the ball with any kind of confidence, who can thread that through ball to. I want to say to Aubameyang, but Aubameyang, it's not just the fact of how Arsenal are playing. He himself is playing terribly. And I don't think he's doing anything to help himself, his own cause. He's doing anything to help the team as well. But it's not just going to take one player. It's, 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 it's a system thing now, again, unfortunately. And it's, it's, a, it's a talent thing throughout the team. Because, and I've said this before to you, and I'm going to say it again, because even when you look at the players that Arsenal have, one of one of the bright lights of this season of this team is Saka, right? Mm. But Saka doesn't solve the problems that we have. And I actually have this idea that at the point where Arsenal figure out um, they, 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 they strongest 11, they figure out what they want to do offensively and the players up, up front who are going to be giving the assists and giving the goals, I don't think Saka is going to be actually in that team. I don't think he's going to be like a first-team player. And that's that's concerning because the way his developers, development is gone and from what you watch, you would think this is one of the building blocks that Arsenal uh, are, are taking moving forward. But if you build around Saka and he continues to be exactly what he is, where he's, he's a nice player, but there aren't any goals, there aren't any assists, but mainly there aren't any goals. There's no goal threat that comes from Saka then that means at the point where Gabriel Martinelli is fit again and, and, and he's hitting his peak form and if he does live up to his potential, he's going to cement that the, the forward spot um, on the left. And you think that if, if Pepe does the same thing on the right, that's going to be his position as well because Saka doesn't play mm. on the right. So that's a big problem. There's a very big problem going on at Gee, Arsenal and I, I don't keep, think it's solvable very soon. And I'll tell you now on, on, on this mic... Saint George Shelby boy. No, That's you need to solution. stop. You need to stop this nonsense. Can I? Can, can I? Can, Jake, can I just can say I, can I uh, like, no, Chuck is trolling. Like, I'm Chuck needs trolling. to stop. Chuck is trolling because Chuck was the same guy. We we're watching Watford against Liverpool. It's like, oh, why didn't Arsenal sign to Corey? Do I think Decore is a, is a good player? Yeah, he's a nice player. He's a good player. But Chuck will never suggest, why don't you sign Kamavinga? Or why don't you sign, ah, if Kante is out of favor, Chelsea. Those guys going to be expensive. Gee, yeah, my man, my and, man, the, my and man. the guys that you think are worthy to wear the Arsenal shirt yeah. is John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby wore the Liverpool shirt as well. Jay. And he so, doesn't anymore for good reason. Hey, my man, let me, let me, let me. John Joe Shelby. My man, my man. I had John Joe Shelby initially on my mind. Now I've got two players that you can sign. And I mean, I'm working with the Arsenal budget. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, anyway, yeah, that's not my man, I talk. Shelby's got a nasty streak to him. He's got that fight, and he's a better p- ball player than Chaka is. And if you've got him in, the, in your midfield, a ball carrying midfielder, it makes a difference. You sign Gallagher from West Brom, you sign Sawyers from West Brom. Two guys are going to get on the cheap because they're from West Brom, oh right? Sawyers was, Sawyers was one of the best midfielders in the first division. Now you put those two players in there, Okipo Pepe, Okipa, El Neni. You've changed the whole midfield. Then you've got Thomas Partey to come back into the team. For me, then you've got a dynamic midfield. Currently, you've got holding midfielders, Pele, and then kids. Nothing's going to happen. So, ooh, 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 ooh. as people keep saying, you need that Premier League pedigree. John Shelby's got tons of that experience. Gallagher, Sawyer, young players who are still hungry. That's my quick fix solution. 
this is my point of results versus performance. It looked good a couple of well, a couple of months ago because this is in terms of Pelamanch. Now it looked a couple, good a couple of months ago when you guys won the FA Cup, when you guys got all the things that you got. Now we still have an FA Cup, you guys don't have a trophy. Yeah. But continue, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. It's fine. This is this is your Jurgen Club three subs one point jab. It's fine. But here's my my thing, Jaguti. When you get something consistent, you want to keep it going. What was working at Arsenal that isn't working now? I'm gonna still. What was working when? When you guys won the FA Cup. When you guys were beating Man City and and Liverpool. What, just figured what out was the good? tactic. They just figured out the tactic because that's the only ball that Arteta had in his in his in his. That's what it seems like because. When when Arteta well, took over and you saw ball. the uh, the formations that he that he put across, he's playing with a back five, um, which is a back three, then two wing backs. But then the thing that we kept on hearing is that he probably wants to go to a back four. So it was it was a cut and paste um, solution. It was a short term solution, and you had you had a Bomeyang um, coming in from the left, and he was scoring the goals. We saw we saw the goal against Manchester City. We saw a similar goal against Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken, against mm-hmm. Chelsea as well. Against Chelsea in the final, finds finds himself um, inside left, gets a cross from the right, and he he finishes. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was not sustainable. And <laughs> as I'm saying, like teams got a chance to actually take a look at the video. And they got a chance to then figure it out. If you watch Arsenal, I don't know how 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 much attention you pay to it, but pay attention to it next time Arsenal are playing. Almost exclusively, yeah. Arsenal are playing through the left, and it's 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 so it's weird. That's the word like that comes to mind. It's weird because it does not seem as if they can figure out how to diversify their play away from the left because. As 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 much as I've called for Bellerin to be out of the team um, before, uh, he's actually been good this season. The how he's carried the ball, how he's supported um, the attackers up front. I'm not going to comment on his defending because it's still not very good. But he doesn't get nearly as 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 much of the ball. He doesn't nearly see nearly as much of the action. Neither does whoever is playing with on the right as they do on the left. Part of the reason that Saka looks as good as he does is because. The ball is concentrated on the side of the pitch where he finds himself. Same thing with Tierney. Um, mm. With Tierney, I think Tierney is a good left back. But for example, he, he had a torrid time against um, Adama Traore <laughs> in the game <laughs> against Wolves, and I've, I've seen him as well, like in defensive positions where I'm not not very convinced. I'm not calling for him to not be in the team. I, I think he, I think he's going to cement that left back position for years to come, and is probably a future Arsenal captain. But when 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 the reasons some of these guys look much better than probably they actually are is because they they're getting so much of the ball you get to see them a lot and i think then your brain interprets that you're seeing them a lot because they are very good but what is happening is it's just volume that's mm. being thrust into your mind you know so i i, I don't know how arteta how arteta is trying to coach this out of the team i'd say where you don't just keep going to the one side and i think actually teams are funneling Arsenal to that one side because 
when the ball is that side, what invariably what they're going to do is that you know Saka's not going to come and cut inside and try go for goal. You know he's going to cross. Tierney, same thing. He's going to go to the byline. He's going to cross. They're playing football like it's 2006. And they can defend that. You know, teams can defend that because the other thing is that, well, if that's the case, then you know that Aubameyang is in the center and is isolated. Even if he's playing with Lacazette, Lacazette is not very good right now. So even if the ball comes into the box, there are no headers that are coming from Arsenal strikers and there is not much danger. So I think mainly what has happened is teams have figured out the tactic, uh, like Arteta's tactics, and they've responded to it. And these are the results. I mean, I think Arteta should just play on the counter-attack. You've got Pepe who's quick enough, or William. You've got Aubameyang who's got still got a lot of pace. Just, just play like that. Lendarama build up, as you said. You guys have been found out, and sort of mind-boggling for me. Arteta comes from the school of Pep, but he's attacking football. Maybe due to personnel, it's not so pretty, and maybe because he had a job to do, which is solidify and make sure you don't concede a lot. But he's got nothing going the other way. I still say what he's got. Like the league's top goal scorer, misfiring, and and so that's 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 very scary. London derby is coming up. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: Mourinho is not going to set up the way he set up against Chelsea. He's going for this game, and you guys better. I actually thought prepared. he was going for the game against Chelsea much more than once he was against City. Um, so you think so? I do. Um, he, had, he had so many. For me, it was it was. I wasn't like like the City game because when the City came, they 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 got their goal, but they were very organized, and I think that's because City have a lot of the ball, and you can't help you can't stop that basically in most cases. But with 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 Chelsea, it was supposed to be a total to battle, but they never quite took the game to Chelsea for me. I think Chelsea are a better team than Spurs. Um, I think they have better offensive players than Spurs, and I think as well. <laughs> In the midfield that they started with Kante and Kovacic, Kovacic was was good in the yeah. game against Spurs, and he when his when his game is on, he controls everything. And I don't think um, just in terms of what to do with possession, I don't think Spurs had the same kind of answers in midfield as as, as Chelsea did. So I I do think Mourinho went for the game a lot, like a lot more, but I think ultimately. Um, the game was shaded by Chelsea because they have better players and they have better players in specific positions. Mm. Um, and, and and it's it's a good draw. It was interesting because Thiago, after the game, well, I saw his tweet and he said this was not the result that they wanted or that they expected. Yes, that's the word he used. It's not the result they were expecting. I'm like, that's very interesting that the mood around the Chelsea camp is that they're expecting to beat teams like Spurs, so they firmly see themselves as going for this title. Mourinho, on oh, the yeah. other hand, the comes opposite, up yeah. and he says that they are not in the title race. He says he doesn't have a horse in this race; they have a pony. Mourinho man, that's Mourinho man games all over again. Or maybe is that what's just, happening here? Or maybe it's just aware of the fact that this Tottenham team is not going to win the trophy regardless of who's at the helm. But I think, look, Mourinho is just playing mind games, ne? And and and. and He's just he's just doing he's always done this even when he's got very strong Chelsea sides he's said this even when he had signed uh, Ibrahimovic and Pogba and all that stuff at, at United and he finished second yeah far behind but he said the very same thing so never mind that comment so here's here's my thing about Spurs but they're not title contenders I think when Mourinho gets to do what Mourinho wants to do sometimes they get successful I don't know if they will in this campaign. 
like Mourinho is the kind of guy to go away at a, at a, at a, at a hard sorry go away against a hard opposition, and he's happy with one point. Because post match Mourinho is saying like that his players are not happy because they had to do more defensive work than they usually do, but they're on top of the league. So for him, end of the day, he's being economical with the effort, with 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 the idea rather of what they can actually get out of the game. So for me. <sighs> Spurs in it. I think if Marino gets what Marino wants to get, even if it's just a point, Spurs are in it. Yeah, that's that's, that's Jose being Jose. Like yeah. Spurs are on top of the league. They're on top of the league. By that, that's a fact. Something, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, they have they've they've scored um, the third most number of goals uh, this season in the EPL, and they've conceded the least amount of goals. So. You're looking at a team that, and sure, most of those goals that they scored that came game. against t- in two games. Mm. Uh, the game oh, against the five, yeah. Southampton and the game uh, then against um, United. United. And then in the other game where they did score three goals, they were picked back, uh, which was not was not typical of Mourinho teams. But then, as I point out, they do have the best defense in the league, and that is something that Mourinho prides himself on, and that is something that is probably going to continue for the rest of the campaign. And if that's going to be the case, if they're going to be able to, if, if they keep up their scoring rate uh, close to this, because I don't think it's going to be quite this for the rest of the season, and they keep up the best defense in the league, how can you say that team like doesn't have a horse in this race? They definitely have a horse. As I'm saying, they are on top of the league right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, I feel that they're different from, Le- I think Leicester are frauds. I don't think they are actually in the race for the league but i think it's different with Mourinho. one Mourinho has won this particular league before he's a seasoned um campaigner he knows how to win the epl he knows he knows he knows the english game you know and this season in particular he's he's morphed hurricane into i don't know what he is right now he's actually a a, a ball playing center forward and it it, it it's amazing. Although I do want to see Kane more in the box. I do want to see him taking more shots. I do want to see him um, scoring more goals. I, I think it's a it's a it's a dangerous precipice that he's on. Uh, if he falls too much in love with this being this creative, um, this creative outlet, it it might not actually bode well going forward for Tottenham. But when you look around the league, there are not that many teams who are definitely better than Tottenham. Everyone wants to be like Firmino. Now I'm to move in the Naira core, trying to create more than he's actually supposed to. But here's the thing, Jane. Mourinho's got, if we're honest, a very good side, as you're saying, the defensive record does not lie. But it's the Son and Kane show. I think I think him being Frontiers. Yeah, him 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 being the kind of coach he is. Yeah, he'll lie, but I think He'll lie and say they don't, they don't have a pony in the race, but the the realistic contenders who are in and around them is Liverpool and Chelsea. United are not really going to challenge this season. Spurs, are, are, sorry, uh, City are quite far from where they need to be at this present moment. And we're only 10 games in, but these points matter. It's not like City are going to make up 10 points on Mourinho's watch. It's, it's, it's unlikely. It's unlikely with this tough campaign. And I think... Marino's been the luckier manager in terms of injuries. He hasn't hit his team as bad as it has other 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 teams. So I think Marino has a good shout, but I wouldn't say Leicester frauds, Jay. I wouldn't say Leicester frauds. I think they've got a team that's that's found their rhythm. Yeah, the the results haven't quite gone their way, and yeah, no one expected West Brom to win. But 
Fulham. Fulham. Oh, Fulham. Who played West Brom? Why am I thinking West Brom? West Brom actually won their game. My bad. Um, so here's, here's, here's my thing, the team that confined uh, Sheffield still to one point <laughs> with their three subs. So to, to wrap up, Jamie, I think Spurs are definite contenders along with Liverpool. I still say Liverpool. I still maintain Liverpool are going to win the league because they found a way somehow to still be top two regardless of their injuries, regardless of them being sabotaged by the networks. They're still up there <laughs> <laughs> at the top. You know what? I'm not... I'm not <laughs> I'm going to put my head on the line because I've been waffling about this. I'm not yet jumping off the city train. I know they're far behind. I'm not yet doing it. The league is gone. I'll tell you. That means there's two thirds still to be played. I'll tell you when I am completely off of that bandwagon. But I do think Tottenham are title contenders because, as I'm saying, if you look around, if City are title contenders being as far back as they are, there's that disadvantage. Uh, against Tottenham yeah. Liverpool as we're saying they probably are the class of the league but they've got the injury problems and is and they've got the scheduling problems and then there's Chelsea uh, Chelsea do look good but they've they've not done anything um, mm. can't crown them in December you know so yeah I, I, I think Mourinho is being disingenuous it was Mourinho being Mourinho trying to take the attention off of his players and make them be comfortable because we know they know he knows their fans know that they do not do well with with pressure especially when they are trying to win an EPL title but they are definitely definitely in the title race quick question they are definitely in the title race if you were to compare Mourinho's Spurs side's current side with Pochettino's side say for from three three seasons back do you think Mourinho's side is stronger that do you think is... they probably pull it off like I mean including the, the manager as well well I would I would take context is important and I think the context of this league this season yeah it's open as I've said before it's as open as it was when Leicester won it and uh, when Pochettino was was going for the league he did not have except for I don't know if he was coach of Tottenham in the year that um, Leicester won it but in in the other years where he let's say he came close he wasn't that close because he was going against uh, some juggernauts. I mean, the season where they finished, with the, they finished with 86 points and mm. they still managed to lose to Chelsea who finished with 93 points, you know, which was the highest total ever in the EPL at the time. So they may have been more exciting. They may have been, they may have actually been better, you know, but they unfortunately did not find themselves in a situation where the, 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 the situation lends itself for this Mourinho team to have a better shot at winning the title. Man, let's head into a couple of quick hits um, as we wrap up the show. Jurgen Klopp had a rant, had a hell of a rant with the journal against scheduling, against subs. He was just an angry man. Did he go too far, Jay? Oh man, I think it was great entertainment. It's great TV, <laughs> and and the journalist, the journalist just goes on and on, and he keeps defending his networks. I was like, this man, he knows where his bread is buttered, and he was he's doing like quite the job. Jurgen Klopp is amazing. Like he actually he actually engages. I do think he went too far by throwing uh, Chris Wilder under the bus the way that he did. Um, they, may, they may have the issues, but like <laughs> keep it in whatever whatever room they met and they had these arguments or these votes. Like keep it in there. Uh, I think that was not very classy, but he he does have a point, I suppose. Like why don't why don't they play later? Yeah, Oli had the same problem, but because it's Oli in there, wherever they are in the league, Nigabamos. 
But I think Chris Wilder was <laughs> he avoided any any kind of response. Magnemonious. He don't want to smoke with Jurgen Klopp. But an important thing that uh, Wilder noted, everyone is looking out for numero uno, which is their team. And, and that's that's, that's a fair okay. point. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'm going because I'm playing in Europe. Why do we need to be subs for? Yeah. Quick hit number two, Jones versus Tyson. What was it like? A real fight. A real fight where you can't even like they were hugging. They were hugging. <sighs> they spent like two fifty. I don't sharing. really want to watch middle-aged men like doing that. Nah, man. Like I. Like, nah, I don't want to see that again. Nope. Unless Mike Tyson is going to step into a ring with someone that he actually has a chance to knock out, I don't want to see it. I mean, the, the, they weren't allowed to knock each other out. Th- that's that's what I'm saying. And Glorified maybe for match. good reason, because do you really want men at that age who've taken a pounding to their heads to once again throw haymakers at each other's heads? I don't think you want to do that. I don't think it, it's very safe. And they both Marad- know that. Marad- <laughs> the right to fight. <laughs> for good reason. For good reason. I think Tingan should fight Roy Jones. It's only fair. Tingan, lace up your boots, get to training. Mina, I'll pay. I'll, I'll pay the pay per view and watch. Yeah, Chuck has a death threat. Yeah, Chuck <laughs> is out here giving giving out um death threats. Man, I think we should wrap it up here. We've been talking, dog. So this is Chuck, and listen to us on Iono, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Rest in peace to the genius that was um, Diego Maradona. Rest in peace to one of the greatest South African football careers that was Anilin Ngonga. From Jay of Tua Front, I'm Audi.